And as we came on the air about an hour ago, the big news out of Augusta, day one of the Masters, was that Corey Connors, the Canadian from Listowel, Ontario, was on top of the leaderboard. Unfortunately, he is no longer there, but he's a close. He's just a shot off the lead after firing a, a two-under round for his uh, first round at the uh, Masters. Let's uh, welcome in Mike Arsenault from Global Sports for more on this. He joins us on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And uh, Mike, what do you make of uh, Corey Connors and his uh, day one performance? I think this kind of proves, first of all, his Cinderella win that we had talked about earlier this week uh, back on Sunday was no fluke. And it looks like even the master stage isn't too big for him. That's right, Jeff. And it looks like the same thing kind of happened on Sunday in the final round of the Valero Texas Open when he kind of struggled on the, the front nine a little bit. Uh, Connor shot 37 on the front nine today, came back and then shot 33 in the back. So as you mentioned, he had 200 par on his round so far. Currently uh, tied for fourth. Still a lot, of, a lot of guys on the course, but I mean, it's just amazing he's able to replicate his performance from last week, carry it into the first round of the Masters, because you would think you'd expect maybe a bit of a letdown, very emotional, uh, mentally and physically draining win on Sunday after kind of turn around, change your travel plans to come to Augusta. But it looks like the moment is not too big for him just yet. Yeah, the first round, by the way, is so important because uh, winners over the less, uh, last 13 years have all been in the top 10 after the first round. So, you know, Corey Connors, although he's no longer leading, he's in a good position, right, Mike? He's right there. He's in the mix after day one, it looks like. It's a cliche, but you can't you can't win the Masters on day one, round one, Jeff, but you can definitely lose it. So, no, shooting a round under par definitely puts him in position as we head toward round two tomorrow and then the weekend. And you mentioned the stat. Yeah, it's been 13 years since the person who's come outside the top ten. The guy who did that was Tiger Woods, and right now he's right on the cusp of the top ten. Tiger is uh, minus one right now, but he's missed three putts already inside of uh, – 10 feet, so he could be on the top of the leaderboard if he just gets his uh, putting worked out. Can you imagine the excitement if Tiger ever got to the top of the Masters leaderboard uh, once again? And uh, I was uh, listening to some of the coverage uh, earlier today. It was uh, Brendel Chambly on Golf Channel who mentioned he kind of feels as if uh, the Masters and Augusta National is sort of that golf course, Mike, that uh, is a good Samaritan, that it would uh, help uh, an old man or an old lady across the road, just because <laughs> you know, it's the only major that is played at the same venue year in and year out, and you have to believe that's a real advantage for a guy like Tiger that he knows that course inside and out more so than the 20-somethings, and he's got so many good memories there. It is, and it's a thinking man's golf course. So not only someone like Tiger has the advantage, but you look at Fred Couples, I think, Jeff, literally every year for the last 10, Fred Couples is contending on the weekend. He's close to 60 years old. Jack Nicklaus, of course, won in 86 at the age of 46. Even more impressive, at the age of 58, Back in 1998, Jack Nicklaus tied for six at the Masters. So you're right. Just the undulations that are at Augusta, it's not really a, a course for the long bombers, all the younger guys. You really have to kind of sink your way around the course, and it's all about course management and finding the right shot and, and making sure you put yourself in the best position to score. It's not just about hitting it 350 yards down the fairway and then lofting a wedge in there. Okay, if Tiger is going to win that uh, next major, another major, you have to think this is his best shot, right? It's Augusta, it's the Masters? Absolutely. I mean, he's won the second most of all time. He has four green jackets. This would be his fifth, putting him uh, putting him one behind Jack Nicholas. But yeah, this, this is his course. Even when he had his personal struggles and, um, of course, he had some physical issues as well over the past 10 years, he still had, I think, five top 10 finishes when he hasn't really been playing his best golf. And now he's won the tour championship last year. He's playing really well so far this year. So this 
you would think this would be his best shot. He also has, of course, Pebble Beach, where he won back in 2000. That's the U.S. Open course this year. And then I think it's St. Andrews next year. So there's a, a few courses for majors that it's set up well for Tiger. But if he can keep coming to Augusta each and every year, that probably is his best shot to get another green jacket. Just final note on the Masters, uh, you mentioned physical ailments. Uh, Jason Day, I'm just seeing, is being tweeted out, is getting uh, worked on in the second hole. He, he apparently uh, re-injured his back, Mike, after of all things, picking up his daughter? Really? Well, I mean, backs are a fickle issue with golfers. I mean, we mentioned Fred Couples. He's had a a lot of back issues. And then Tiger Woods, four back surgeries. So it is a a problem area for many golfers. They really have to kind of work on that core strength. But, I mean, it's it's disappointing to see that from from Jason Day if he does have to uh, withdraw from the tournament. But I think if anyone has proved that you can come back from back issues it is tiger woods i don't know what it is uh, about the masters was it uh, two years ago that dustin johnson had to withdraw on the eve of the masters because he slipped on stairs at the house he was uh, staying at injured his back and now uh, jason day just picking up his daughter uh, with a back injury and then uh, tony now last year in the par three remember oh, right, yeah. down, and then he ended up uh, twisting where he dislocated his ankle and popped it back in on the fairway yes uh, and they were repeating that ad nauseum yesterday during the uh, par three i was like uh, i've seen enough of that thank you <laughs> All right, let's move on to uh, the other big uh, sports news of the day, which, of course, is Leafs and Bruins tonight, uh, game number one uh, in Boston. I want to give you my theory, uh, because this occurred to me watching the uh, opening night last night of the playoffs. There were so many uh, commercials, uh, Mike, featuring Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, and William Nylander. There's like a new Apple ad. There's, I think, a new Rogers ad uh, as well, uh, featuring uh, all of these Leafs. And I thought to myself... This is a bad omen. I don't know why, but I, but I don't like this because uh, I'm thinking to myself now, the only time we're going to see the Leafs in the third round of the playoffs is when they're popping up on these damn commercials. <laughs> well, I, I will tell you, Jeff, with, with game one starting tonight, uh, the Leafs on the road against the Bruins, there is no result from the game tonight that would have me concerned as a Leaf fan. Even if they lose 7 nothing tonight, I'm of the adage that if the playoffs don't truly start until you lose on home ice. So if, if the Leafs go down 0-2 in Boston, technically that's what you're supposed to do. It, the series really starts when they come back to Toronto. Obviously, I don't want them to lose. It would be a good thing to lose 7 nothing in Game 1 and Game 2. But if they do lose tonight, I, I don't think we have to get too concerned. It's what happens when they're on home ice. That's when they really have to win for sure. And this is why home ice is so important. Because if we do get to a Game 7 like we did last year, that will be at Boston. But I think most Leaf fans, if they were... Uh, given the option between a Game 7, you tell them tonight we're going to have a Game 7, I think most Leaf fans would take that. Yeah. And what do you make of, uh, I know we talked back on Monday about uh, the backup goaltending situation, and now we're hearing that uh, Hutchison is back out again because of uh, personal reasons. I think his wife just uh, gave birth, so he's been given some time off. And Garrett Sparks is now back with the team. Uh, what What do you make of all of that drama going into this uh, series? Do you think that's really going to uh, affect the team and affect uh, kind of the superstars? It's only going to affect the team if Freddie Anderson isn't able to go tonight or, or Sparks have to come in. It is kind of a crazy situation. And when, yeah, you mentioned we were talking about this early in the week when Sparks kind of called the team out. Not sure if the backup goaltender is the best person to kind of take that on his mantle and kind of call the team out to, to play a little bit better because ever since he gave that talk, he has been one of the worst goaltenders in the league and they've pretty much made him persona, uh, persona non grata within the organization for 10 days. That was the point. 
But then you have Michael Hutchinson, his wife had a baby, so he's off right now. So Sparks is back in the room. I don't think he really has anyone to sit beside on, on the bus to the rink tonight would be my guess. Okay. <laughs> and uh, just finally from uh, night one, uh, biggest storyline for you, is it uh, Columbus coming back and beating uh, Tampa Bay? I mean, uh, they, they were down 3 nothing. I think it was, and come all the way back? It has to be. Well, I think most prognosticators were thinking that that was going to be the lock of a, a sweep for sure by the Tampa Bay Lightning. They just tied the record of most wins in the regular season. That was quite the performance by uh, Columbus. But if you look at, uh, we, we mentioned that, I mean, the results of what happens tonight with the Leafs doesn't really matter. John Cooper was asked, they, uh, they were up 3 nothing. they lost 4-3. He's like, well, what would be different if they scored four goals right away and then we scored uh, three to lose four three. So it's really a loss is a loss. A win is a win. So again, if the Leafs get blown out tonight, it's not the end of the world for Leafs fans. All right. Uh, we'll all take deep breaths. I know we all get concerned uh, because of the recent history when it comes to a Boston and facing them in the first round. By the way, I don't know if this is also a bad omen. Never mind all these commercials with uh, Matthews and Marner, but I just uh, walked by not 20 minutes ago, the Q107 studios. Yeah, Joanne Wilder. I, I swear to God, my hand got. She, she's playing Boston. I'm like, what are you doing? Don't don't play Boston. Don't play Aerosmith. Don't play any of those bands right now. Toronto only bands. It should just be anyone who's played at the Horseshoe Tavern. That's yeah. the only set with for the next two weeks. All right, Mike. Appreciate the time. Enjoy the game tonight. Thanks, Jeff. You too. All right. There's Mike Arsenault from Global Sports.